actress Catherine Heigl is a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs through her foundation. During her time with these thousands of dogs, she's seen more issues with dogs' odors, joints, and health. She's done a ton of research on the subject and believes there's a key factor in canine health, their food. Inspired by her own desire for a healthier food option for her dogs, Heigl created Superfood Complete. This dog food is packed with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods known for their health benefits. Superfood Complete isn't just about delicious food. It's also about giving back. Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, supports the Jason the Bus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue dogs and find them loving homes. Join dog owners across America who are seeing positive changes in their furry friend's health with Superfood Complete. Go to BadlandsRanch.com MC911 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com MC911 today. I've got two things for dispatchers listening and two more things for the non-dispatchers that are listening. Number one for the dispatchers. I've said it before so many times on the show. If you're a 911 dispatcher for any decent length of time, at some point, you will be the last person someone talks to on the phone before they die. It's definitely a very hard part of taking 911 calls. Knowing that might not make it any easier overall, but it might soften the blow just a little bit, which takes me into number two. It's not your fault. Somebody calls up saying they're having a heart attack and you hear the phone drop because they just passed. It's not your fault. You didn't cause them to have that medical issue. Somebody calls in that's suicidal. You didn't do whatever it was to put them in that spot. And that's their choice. If they made up their mind, they're going to do it. You can try and you should try to stop them. But I promise, if they really have their mind made up with a plan, they're going to do it no matter what you try. Not your fault. Their choice. Not your fault. And for the non-dispatch listeners, if you have a family member or a friend that you suspect of having some sort of mental issues, urge them to or do it yourself. But seek help for them one way or another. Sometimes that external help can make all the difference. If you sit back and talk to yourself or your spouse or whoever and think about that friend or family member and you say, did they seem a little off? You might want to start talking. Might want to start looking for some help. And the second part, this is a rough one today. No two ways about it. Same disclaimer as always. It applies today. I'm just saying. The call we're about to listen to, the incident just happened a few days ago. It's still fresh on the mind of all those involved, including the dispatchers. So just kind of keep that in mind. Here we go. 911, what's the address of your emergency? 
It's 2838 Greer Road. You said Greer? Gillettsville, Tennessee. Say it again. I'm showing 2838 Greer Road is near the Robinson County line and Ivy Point Road. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. What's your name? Travis Pitts. Mr. Pitts, tell me exactly what happened. Uh, I've been, honestly, I just shot my wife and kids, and I'm about to shoot myself. As soon as I see you, I'll pull up. Tell me exactly what happened. I just, I just snapped. I, I don't know. I can't get these thoughts in my head, and I woke up, and it just all just happened so fast. How many children? Two. Where are they in the home? They're in the beds. All of them are in their beds? Yes, ma'am. Are any of them still breathing at all? No, ma'am. How old are the kids? Six and thirteen. I don't know what the fuck happened. And where's your wife? She's in bed. We were just getting up. And what else happened? I don't know. I just... I snapped. I, I can't tell you. I, How old are you? I'm 32. Have you been having any problems or anything? No. My dad passed away in October, and I've been just really stressed out dealing with this stuff, and I don't know what happened. I just snapped. Can you please just send the car? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting help started out there. I just want to make sure we get them out there to the right place, okay? Is there, so you said okay. your wife, your two kids, and just you, there's nobody else in the home? No. I do have a dog, though. Is it locked up, or will it be out when everybody gets there? It'll be out. Is it a, an aggressive dog? Uh, he's a pit. Is he known to be aggressive? No. Where where are you in the home? I'm pacing back and forth. You still have a weapon in your hand? Mm-hmm. It's the house with the boat in the front yard. What color is the boat? It's a pontoon boat. It's sitting in the grass where I was getting it and redoing it, and it... The wind blew it off. Have you been drinking or anything? No. I just got up. And your wife and kids, they're beyond any help?
question, yes. Okay, I got help on the way. Just let me know as soon as you can see the responders, okay? I'm showing okay. on the map it's a long driveway that splits into two. Which which one should they go down? They'll say it's the one in the center. One in the center. Hold on one second. Wife's name. Barbara. Same last name. Yes, ma'am. to shoot yourself, I'd like for you to speak to one of my officers. Maybe they can help you and talk to you a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to, as soon as I say him, I'm going to shoot myself. I told you that in the beginning. Can, can, can you put your gun down? Can you sit it down somewhere and walk away from it and talk to me? No. What kind of gun do you have? Uh, say it again. What'd you say? What kind of gun do you have? It's a Glock thirty forty five. There's no way you can put it down and talk to the officers when they get there and walk away from it? No, ma'am. I've been having these thoughts, and I can't get them out of my head, and I've been 
super stressed out and just that's no excuse. I just No, I, I understand. What kind of thoughts have you been having? This is bad, like and I uh-huh. Can you tell me what thoughts you've been having? About killing myself and just I don't know, man. I there's no coming back from this. I just killed my fucking family. I'm not. Well, it, it's true that that taken back, but that doesn't mean you can't come back from this. Okay, there is a future, and I want you to stay with me. Okay. Uh, I, I'd rather not. I'm gonna wait for the officer to pull up. I gotta go. He did exactly what he said he was gonna do as well. An off-duty sergeant from a neighboring sector was on his way home and heard the call go out. The response with this was not quite typical. The address they were at, it was a long ways out. You could hear the dispatcher in the first part of the call ask if it was by the county line, which it was. It was not a short trip for anybody to make. But anyway, he heard the call being put out and responded. When he got to the scene, he got on his PA speaker in his car and tried to get the caller, 32-year-old Travis Pitts, to put down the gun and come outside. The off-duty then heard a single gunshot. At that point, he decided to make entry into the house. What he's found was nearly exactly what was told on the phone on the 911 call that you just heard. He walked in to find the caller and the rest of the family all shot. He also found the gun and a suicide note. What wasn't exactly like was said on the phone call. His wife and one of the children were still alive when police entered. The ambulance hurried and rushed both to the nearest hospital where, despite all the efforts from doctors and nurses, they also passed. The wife, Barbara Pitts, was 32, and the daughters, Michaela and Riley, were 13 and 6. There's not too much more to say about it. Neighbors interviewed by local news stations stated that they believe the caller had some sort of mental issues, but as far as I know, nothing formal was actually diagnosed. They believe the man and his wife were possibly recovering addicts, but again, that's not confirmed. They did both work at the National Rescue Mission, which is an organization that helps homeless and addicted people in various ways. Like I said before the call was played, this man, he had his mind made up. There was no stopping him from what he did. It's very unfortunate the way it all played out, and we may never know exactly what brought him to this point. I think the dispatchers on the call, they did a fine job with what they had. They kept the caller on the phone as long as they could and tried to keep calm while doing it. You can't be losing it while on a phone call like this, and they didn't. This one, it's one that hits close to home since this was my agency. My coworkers handled this. I gotta say, I'm proud of them for keeping it together on a call that was not easy 
for anyone to deal with. From there, I'm going to go ahead and roll into the next call, which this one, it's a little different, but also very difficult to talk about. This one, I'm going to approach it a little bit differently than what's been done in the past on the show, just because the circumstances are a lot different than most other calls. Roll call for police and sheriff's departments, it's a very commonplace thing and generally happens daily. The roll call lets the supervisors know that all officers are present and accounted for and can also be used to put messages out such as be on the lookouts for stolen vehicles, missing subjects, or suspects in various hot crimes. When an officer doesn't show up for a roll call and hasn't called notifying someone they won't be into work, they take steps and try to verify that they're okay and as a last resort, if no one answers via phone or radio, police are usually sent to their house to check on them. That's what happened to Robertson County Sheriff's Deputy Savannah Puckett. She didn't show up for roll call, and they dispatched one of their deputies to her house. Now, I'm going to back up a few days before this and talk a little bit about what led up to this. She had some problems with her ex-boyfriend. I can't say exactly what they are or how long they have been going on for, but everything wasn't right. A police report was made. That takes us up to the phone call that we're going to listen to. As I said, I'm doing this one different than most other calls. Most of the time, I just let you hear the calls without any info or anything to sway your opinion. This one, I am though, and for very good reason. Most of the news that has covered this has done so incorrectly and reported that the deputy had called 911. She didn't. Our local newspaper, the Tennessean, I'll have to applaud them on this one. They got with the Robertson County 911 director, Rachel Payne, and confirmed that the call did not come in on 911 and was, in fact, an admin line. Also, past that, from my own experience with talking with dispatchers from our neighboring county there, they are what I would call a one-stop shop. By that, I mean they do it all. Some of the bigger agencies... We might just be assigned to work a police radio that day or just answer the phones. That's what the dispatcher would do. Robertson County, on the other hand, they do it all. And when I say they do it all, they do it at the same time. They're answering the phones and the radio both at the same time. So when you hear this call, you're going to hear some sizable gaps. I can't confirm this 100%, but I have a very good feeling the silent breaks are the dispatcher on the radio with responding deputies. I'm guessing that in part from both the placement of the gaps as well as how quick the police get to the scene. Robertson Central. Hey, it's about 50. I need an officer at my house. Okay. What's the address? Five one two seven Highway forty one north. And can I, you verify the address? 
Huh? Can you verify the address for me? Five one two seven forty one North. And then your name? Savannah Puckett. What's going on? I have an ex here that should not be here, an unwanted guest. Okay. What ha what exactly has happened? He just pulled into my driveway. Um, county did a report for me last night because um, he was here and not supposed to be here. Um, and he's just pulled into my driveway again. So. Okay. What's his name? Not sure why. He's not invited. He was told to stay away from the house. And what was the name? My name or his name? His name. Uh, James Con. Con as in C O N. Yes, yeah, C O N. <clears throat> Have there been any threats made? No. And no weapons. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. He's he's at the end of the driveway now. I called a five thirteen because she's the one that took the report from me last night, and I believe she's at the end of my driveway. All right. They just pulled up. Yeah. All righty. Thank you. You're welcome. I've seen a lot of comments on social media stating the dispatcher did a poor job here. I don't think she did because of what I talked about before the call was played. On an admin line, we handle the calls a little bit differently. It's a little bit more informal these are our officers or deputies in a smaller agency like this they likely know each other more than just a name on a worksheet they may have met likely more than a few times they could be good friends so when one calls up an admin line like that you're not going to handle it the exact same way as someone you've never talked with before but as you heard a deputy was on the scene pretty quickly. From what I can gather, either another report or possibly an amendment to the original report was done. Fast forward back to the roll call situation and Deputy Puckett was not there. A deputy was dispatched to her house. Upon arrival, the deputy found the house engulfed in flames. Obviously fearing for the safety of his fellow deputy, the respondent deputy tried to make an entry, but the flames were too much. Fire department was called and responded to the scene, and once it was safe to enter, they found the deputy that was absent from roll call. The flames wouldn't have mattered, really. She was dead from multiple gunshot wounds to the torso and head. 
deputies and detectives, both from Robertson County as well as the TBI, Tennessee Bureau of Investigations, they took over the scene and found lighter fluid bottles and managed to pull fingerprints from them. They belonged to the ex-boyfriend, James Jackson Kahn, a 27-year-old man from a close-by city. It was about 40 minutes away in Smyrna, Tennessee. Teams were put together and a multi-agency response to the suspect's house occurred. Officers from Robertson County as well as TBI, Rutherford County, Smyrna Police, to name a few, they were all on the scene. The suspect, James Kahn, didn't come out from the house. A standoff ensued that lasted hours. Finally, after various negotiations, Kahn did come out and surrendered. He was arrested and charged with first-degree murder as well as aggravated arson. He has had an extensive run with police because of his actions with women in the past. According to a different article in the Tennessean, in 2019, he had struck a woman in the head, pushed her down a flight of steps, and then drug her through the yard. Other encounters showed that he had shoved a woman out of a car. Once he got a no-contact order on him, he continued showing up and, at that point, entered the house without permission. And when he couldn't get in the room that she was locked and hiding inside of, he acted like he left and... He actually didn't. He was waiting for the victim to exit, and then he forced his way back in. He has had multiple charges related to violent crimes against women, and this one just tops it all. He's still awaiting his initial appearance in court, and I believe if this goes to trial, it could be a good while before it does, but if it turns out that this suspect was the killer, which all fingers seem to point his way, I hope he either goes away for a long time or worse. Deputy Savannah Puckett was just 22 years old and had been a deputy for four years, starting the job when she was just 18 years old. I hate ending episodes on bad notes like this, but that's the circumstances most times. Dispatching, well, as we say in the South, it ain't easy. Hard hearing about any of the stuff like this, and even harder to be a part of it. But while this might be a bad way to end, I will try to transition to something that might not be good necessarily, just different. I've got a question and a favor for all of you. Have you ever had to call 911 yourself? What was it for? What was your experience like when you dialed? And finally... Would you care to share that experience? If so, I would love to hear about it, and I bet everyone else would as well. So, I have set up a voicemail specifically for this. Call the number that I'll give you here in just a second, and I'll have a listen and you never know. You might hear yourself on a future episode. The voicemails, they are limited to three minutes per message, but if you're calling and you run out of time, just call back and start where you left off. I'll also leave the number in the show notes. It is a voicemail only, but the number is 615-592-1300. Again, that's 615 615-592- 592 
615-592-1363. Again, 615-592-1363. Until next time, this is Brandon from Music City 911. Y'all have a good one.